Hey everyone, welcome to our members only group live chat and live stream. I am going to be opening up the chat here for all of your questions and all of your experiences and the things you'd like to talk about and share here. And so I'm hoping that we will have many of you join. Um, I wanted to share, <clears throat> I'm going to edit as I go through this, but I wanted to share a beautiful sharing that was sent to me by one of our members who is just expressing um, what he is going through on an interior level. And the reason I want to share this one is because this is really a very well-written uh, version of the types of feelings that many of our members have been sharing with me privately. And I think it would be great to start out by talking about this because it is a common experience that a lot of people are sharing with me right now as we are going through, you know, different times. Hi, John. Thank you for joining us. And so I wanted to start with this. And John, we're taking all questions from and experiences that anyone wants to talk about. I was going to start here with this um, email that was sent to me. And I'm going to try to edit it as I read through, um, which is very expressive of many of the emails that I have received, except this one is just so very well written. I wanted to read this one because it encompasses what I'm hearing from many, many, many of our members. And we're all kind of sharing in some common experiences right now in our world. So, dear Marilyn, I don't intend to do this again to open up and let you know about certain events happening in my life. Welcome, Aniel. Thank you for joining. You have told me about serious challenges you face. My intention isn't to cause you additional worries or to dump my rubbish on you. I'll try to keep this message as short and concise as possible. When you ask how we are doing, I try to be sincere. We all do our best, stay busy, lead good lives, but I'm not well. I carry deep, heavy, sometimes crippling sadness inside of me. I'm a grown man who often has to fight bursting into tears. One of the worst things I've ever faced is to see family members suffer and not being able to do much to help them. I sometimes wonder if I could ask God to dispatch me so whatever it is I need to pay for can be redeemed on my own. I took medications for clinical depression when I could afford it in the past, but I somehow feel like this is some sort of spiritual matter. Have I been cursed? Is my soul doomed? And the constant heaviness I feel is what I have left to look forward to for the rest of my days and also in an afterlife? On top of that, we've lost peace in our own home. We have neighbors who play loud music and 
are very loud through the day and through the night. I have the freedom to get dressed and leave, but other members of my family do not. Their health will not allow for it. And I'm not one to leave them behind when life gets rough. There's a lot of alcohol consumption, talking loudly, smoking of cigarettes. Our, our home feels like a horrible bar instead of a nice place in which we can relax. We have complained about, about all this, but I'm editing as I go. Hello, Zed and Judy. Thank you so much for joining. Um, and I will address your question, Jed, here in, Jed, in just a moment, because that is an excellent question. I'm sharing a, a message I received from a member that is very similar to what I've received from many other members, and I thought it would be worthy to discuss. So um, we've complained about all this, but our where we live, our country, our place has become a lawless place when, where anyone can get away with anything, trying to protect the identity here by not giving away where they live, where they're from. Um, I can tell you this is from overseas. And so keep that in mind because a lot of us in the US of A are going to be like, wow, sounds a lot like what we're seeing. The other night I went to bed repeating, God, why do you allow this? Why do you allow this over and over again? Can't just move to another country. The rest of my family is stubborn. It's going to stay here. I really wish I knew what it is we did to deserve all of this. Despite living with four of the most beautiful souls I have ever met, I spend most of my time alone because everyone is so busy. I can't have deep conversations with them because I only have a handful of true friends and most of them are overseas from where this person is. Establishing goals in an environment that feels like a physical manifestation of death feels futile. Still, I keep drawing closer and closer to God, talking to him in my mind, sometimes clinging fiercely, feeling like if I don't, reality may just go ahead and crush me. I connect with God knowing that I'm a sinner. I know myself fairly well. Um, I am making progress in the purification, but other things seem like a lost cause for me. <laughs> I think many of us relate to that. Um, this ended up becoming much longer than I intended. I'm sorry. Um, thank you for reading this, uh, for being good to us, so good to us, and for any insights that you might have to share. So as I was saying, when I first came on and I want to welcome everyone who's come on, Anna, Judy, John, Zed. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This is great. Um, and I'm going to read your thoughts here in just one second. So I get a lot of these emails right now. And so I'll let you guys uh, think about that. Tell me your thoughts. And um, we can talk about it as we continue here. But let's take a look at what Zed is saying. Zed is asking me what my opinion is on the Monroe Institute. I have a very high opinion of the Monroe Institute. Ironically, um, when I was first published with Hampton Roads in 1991 and two, my publisher was a close personal friend of Robert Monroe. 
my publisher was in Virginia Beach at the time, and um, they were very active in the activities of the Monroe Institute, and I have a very high opinion of it. I don't agree with everything that they may promote or do, um, but that's not really um, a big issue because what we always have to look at is the, the simple realities that uh, we are all called to do different things. And the Monroe Institute, going on to the second thing you said, said, as well as tones to activate chakras, Monroe Institute, that was a big part of their calling and remains a big part of their calling. And I've heard from different people. Some people have more um, luck with the tones, with the um, hemi-sync uh, technologies than others. And so some people, it's a great tool for them. And for other people, it may not work so well. And so, again, it's that personalizing for yourself what you find to be helpful. I've often told people that, ironically, I find that Tibetan bowls are very helpful for me and for me work better than like a hemi-sync tones type of tape or CD or recording. Um, but that's, again, that's, a, that's one of those uh, primitive instruments, the Tibetan bowls that, you know, has some type of, uh, you know, it, it just really activates like this uh, primitive aspect of our spiritual um, from within, you know, it's like a, this uh, ancient, this this tribal, this Aboriginal, Native American. You know, of course, the Tibetan bowls are from ancient, uh, from the Himalayas and Tibet, but they are all shamanic practices from around the world. And I do believe that we all have certain things that will activate us more than others. So I feel very highly about the Monroe Institute. I think the hemisync technology is great. If it works for you, utilize it. If you don't find it as effective, try something else. Um, so the frequency entrainment, same thing. Um, you give it a shot. I'm going to tell you that one of the big differences between um, my uh, writings and um, a lot of the other writings of out-of-body travel authors is that I have discovered in my particular path and what my calling is, is to make people aware that the out-of-body experience is more than just something we try to seek for, just for seeking its sake. It's, it's seeking it for the purpose of uh, spiritual practice. And as a result of this understanding, what, what I have found is that the most effective method for Achieving out-of-body experiences is when someone begins a purification path, when someone actually begins the work of mystical theology, so to speak, because this actually just immediately energizes it. And it energizes it on a deeper level where you're immediately going towards higher mission. And so that's something that I think is real important that you utilize in conjunction with whatever hemi-sync or entrainment technologies you find helpful for you. And so Zed, you're saying you have uh, visions of the Vatican all the time. You read books from the Vatican library in your sleep. Prophecies of Merlin I have read as well. That's fascinating, Zed. I would like to hear about those prophecies of Merlin. You know, it sounds like you're talking about the Vatican secret archives. 
And um, I'm wondering if you're having some kind of experience there where you have something uh, within your soul um, that, and it might be within your soul mission as well, that is directing you to read specifically from those Vatican secret archives. I certainly hope, Zed, that you will um, write some of these things down. Try to capture um, the essence of the texts that you are reading in your visions um, um, in a journal or whatever way that you think. Um, but it sounds to me like this is important that you um, are not just letting this fall away. You want to keep this. You want to record this. Um, okay, yes, it is amazing. <laughs> I agree with John. <laughs> That's really exciting. I would love to hear more about those prophecies of Merlin. Um, it doesn't sound strange to me at all. Uh, Zed, um, Edgar Casey, they could put a book underneath his pillow and he would have the entire contents of that downloaded into his brain while he was sleeping. People have gifts like these. And I have a lot of experiences with ancient texts where I will be taken places and information is imparted to me vibrationally and I'll be allowed to read certain things. This does not sound strange at all. I think what's interesting about it um, beyond the obvious is just that it is specifically the Vatican secret archives. There's a lot of stuff down there. And I think you should make sure you are cataloging your experiences and trying to uh, really summarize what it is that you're reading because there's a purpose for this of some kind that you want to uh, allow to unfold. Sometimes for whatever reason, us people are kept from society at large. We absolutely always have been and probably always will be in this human world. And um, yeah, you make up your own mind about it. Um, so you read the prophecies of Merlin. I'm not sure if you're talking about in a vision at night. I'm not familiar with there being uh a released text on the prophecies of Merlin. It does sound like something that would be in the Vatican secret archives. So I'd be interested in if you've read that in one of these vision experiences. And I really think you should be writing that down. They have been integral in the social upheavals of late. Not sure. And what, as well as what is coming. Okay. I see what you're saying. The prophecies of Merlin. Um, so you see the Vatican library all the time. I'm a little jealous of that because I love the Vatican secret archives. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, patch spirit said that the third eye was supposed to be eyeball size. I don't know who, um, that is that you're referring to. Um, but yes, the uh, third eye can be many different sizes depending on your, uh, calling. In your case, if you are being asked to read texts from the Vatican secret archives, you may require yours to be larger um, than what might be average or the typical, you know. Um, as we go through the out-of-body travel process, we develop um, a secondary chakra above the crown. When we develop these things and the third eye grows and expands and gets bigger, and so that is what they are referring to. Anna, do you feel that it is a requirement to break the cycle of 84 
that one must must have out-of-body experiences in this lifetime. Um, I'm not familiar with the cycle of 84. Um, so if you want to explain that, I'll be happy to comment on that. But no, you do not have to have out-of-body experiences in order to enter into a true spiritual path or a purification journey. Um, so do not look at the extraordinary graces like out-of-body travel or any of these paranormal abilities as being a requirement for that to take place. These are all, including out-of-body travel, they are tools that lead to the spiritual development that each of us encompasses and unfolds. And so remember that as tools, they are not the truth itself. So no, you do not have to, ex you do not have to follow that spiritual awakening in your own journey in that exact same way. You're going to seek the truth in the way that you are graced and inspired to do so with whatever tools are going to be best for your own path. Antibody travel is, of course, one of the things that does accelerate it and it helps a great deal. So um, it is an excellent tool, but absolutely it is by no means essential or something that you cannot make spiritual progress without. So very good question on that. Okay, so Zed, you're saying you saw... Uh, the leaders of the world were seeing a screen with a monster on it after asking the spirit who rules the world. That's what I saw through the third eye. Many people have seen things of this nature. Um, so, um, yes, there is uh, a spirit of corruption that has entered into the world. And... Um, a lot of people are having dreams and visions and outer body experiences about it. And so, hello, Stark Ether 444. Welcome. Nice to have you with us. Hola, right back at you. And then Judy. Hi, Judy. I have been shown myself in a waking vision, holding a shower of light and being taught by an older woman, a sphere of light. Fantastic, Judy. That is fantastic. That is indicative. The sphere of light is the medicine. It is. So you are being taught by this older woman. Um, it could be a medicine woman. Um, and a medicine woman does not have to be a native because the medicine women are not just from that one particular tradition, um, but you're being taught uh, holding the shower of light and being taught. So this sphere in Medicine Woman Within a Dream, which is the third book in the Mysteries of the Redemption series, I lay out this process and what that sphere of light is usually uh, about, which is we are being taught to alter reality. So that is really great, great news, Judy. It is an indication that you are under predilection. You are being taught. You are being directed forward. You are exactly where you need to be and you are moving forward. That is fantastic. Anna, I still have not really had the experiences and I'm saddened by that, but feel I am guided in many other ways. And Anna, I can vouch for that for you. 
you are being guided in many ways. And again, let's remember, we all utilize whatever tools are unique to our soul for this journey. You are making excellent spiritual progress, Anna. I can vouch for that. Um, uh, so do not concern yourself with the fact that you have not had out-of-body experiences as of yet, because the progress is what you want to look at. And that progress is absolutely there. That's what is essential. Okay, back to Zed. The monster was on Quantum Computing Inc. That's what it was called. That's what was giving instructions to world leaders. Okay, interesting. Yes, and um, this corresponds with many visions that people are having and also things that people are revealing about some of the uh, darker motivations that are going on underneath the, uh, you know, the leadership of the world. Um, yes, it was a beautiful, wonderful experience that you had, Judy. Um, that's right. Some of us are blessed with spiritual dreams, and that may have been a spiritual dream. Um and so that is absolutely true. Some people will not have a fully conscious out-of-body experience, but they will have spiritual dreams that give them profound direction. And that is the purpose of these experiences. So we keep that in mind. It is not whether it's fully conscious. It's whether or not we are being instructed. Um, you were in a cubby hole in an auditorium watching yourself. Excellent. Um, and the fact that you were watching yourself reminds me of the sacred hoop experiences, which makes me even wonder more if you have some Native American um, things around you, some Native American training, um, because this is what often happens when you're learning to utilize the medicine, that you will be allowed to see yourself. And there is a certain connection that is made between this future self the past self, and you're watching yourself being taught and receiving of the light. And so these are the things where you're connecting those energy streams so that they can come into manifestation. Okay. Hi, Vanya. Hello. Um, Judy Brown, a classroom, perhaps that's definitely possible. A lot of people do have these types of learning experiences in auditorium type places and or classrooms, you know, we, we utilize uh, familiar things. Um, um, and so Zed is talking about a movie called Dagon. I don't I have not seen that. Um, so I don't know much about it. But thank you for your thoughts on that, Zed. Anna, John, I have had dreams and visions, luckily. So that's very interesting uh, there, Anna, that you are uh, definitely having instruction. And I know that you are also progressing and doing a lot of work. Uh, absolutely, Zed, do not worship Dagon. Um, Dagon, I believe I've heard has some parallels to um, some of the three primary demons in hell. But um, so it is the extraterrestrial monster that landed in the ocean 400 years ago doesn't sound like a good thing. So thank you for sharing that. And 
Hello, Stark Ether, Anna, and you're very welcome for sharing. This is very interesting, and I love sharing and hearing from all of you. It's fantastic. Um, I know of the quantum computing. Yes, um, yes, Anna, that's very true. So what you're talking about, Zed, is, is uh, a lot of our members are familiar with what you're talking about. So Judy, love your emojis. They're beautiful. Um, I thought she was the Holy Spirit. She definitely could be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Um, and she absolutely would be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to instruct. Hey, CC love, welcome. What's up? We're up. <laughs> and we're glad you're up here with us. Libra love, welcome. Um, absolutely, you're very welcome. Um, for any of you who might not be familiar, you can go to our website at outofbodytravel.org. All of my books, I've written over 103 books on out-of-body travel. They're available for free download there. So make sure you, um, if you want to learn more about my experiences, but also there's a lot there on how-to and stuff. You can get a lot of great resources there. And here on YouTube, we have a lot of film content now to help you with your spiritual journey. You love the crucifix in the back. Thank you, CC love. I do too. That's one that I've had for many years that actually came out of a church in Belgium. So it is one of my favorite um, antique crucifixes. So thank you so much. And hello from New York City. Uh, right back at you from Fountain Hills, Arizona. Um, I was in New Jersey for a portion of uh, 2020. So it's nice to hear from New York City. Um, is there a difference between demons and archons? Yes, there is an excellent question. All right. Um, uh, is there a difference between demons and archons? So demons are actual oftentimes just, you know, it's, it's almost like talking about the soldiers of hell's army. The archons can be archons of good or of evil. So we have archons that are actually the, uh, they are rulers of different realms of existence. And you can have archons that are of, like I said, both good and evil. So, you know, it gets a little complicated because of the fact that it is not like cut and dry. It's not just one thing. So the archons can be some of the higher principalities and powers, whereas the demons can be like the soldiers of, of, of Satan. So, so, and so on, kind of like that. And um, let's take a look right here. <laughs> oh, Leroy, welcome. And that's what I'm laughing at. He said, Democrats had out-of-body experiences. Each one voted more than once. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. So, yeah, you gotta got to laugh at that because that's true. Um, 
So thank you, Cece. Yes. And Anna, I think what is difficult mostly is knowing what we know outside of fixed religious beliefs is sacred, i.e. sacred texts, OBEs, etc., and dealing with family that are strictly fixed in religious beliefs and dogmas. And I, I, I think a lot of us deal with that sort of thing. Um, we definitely do deal with a lot of that. Uh, many people who are really spiritual, I think a lot of people here um, probably relate very much to that, Anna. I know I certainly do. Um, I have more of an atheistic um, extended family and there are similar challenges with that. And I've heard from a lot of people who uh, take a lot of steam, you know, from uh, other strong beliefs that especially those which are against out of body travel or things like this. One of the things that's interesting about it is that sometimes it's, it's so hard to understand what, where they're coming from because, you know, mysticism is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's just that different denominations in Christianity or different world religions, they accept or focus on different gifts. So you have certain denominations that experience the slaying of the spirit. You have certain denominations that focus on deliverance ministries. You have certain denominations which focus on, um, uh, you know, the healing ministries that we hear about. Um, and, and it's hard to get them to understand that, well, this is just one of the other gifts of the spirit. It's spoken of in great depth in the Bible, as well as other sacred texts, but those ones won't matter to them if, if they're, you know, more of a focused on the one text of the Holy Bible. But there is just a ton of stuff in the Bible itself, you know, about St. Paul speaking of a person who, whether in the body or out of the body, he doesn't know. I mean, these things are not foreign to the texts of Christianity, as well as all other sacred texts. Um, this is such a blessing just to have an outlet. Two pastors in my family, of course. I am the oddball out, LOL. <laughs> I can relate, but in a different way, because it, it can be... Um, it's just a different struggle um, when nobody believes in God at all around you and you're as extreme as I am, <laughs> you know, behind me, by the way, here, this is St. Kateri Tekawitha's world. So up here we have St. Kateri Tekawitha. I just keep adding to her world. Um, and I have some, really nice friends who helped me to add to Kateri's world. Um, and so when, you know, it is, it is a difficult thing and it's not uncommon at all. People who are very spiritual, who get on fire for God um, in one way, shape or form, you almost get hit on both ends because you're not going to fit into any of these dogmas. So any of these actual religious faiths, you're probably not going to fit very well. And then you also don't fit with the other people who are more secular or atheistic or into darker things. And, and you can literally just kind of get hit on all ends. For some reason, 
Um, even though there is a huge change, even just in the last 10 to 20 years in the acceptance of the uh, talking about things like out-of-body travel, it is still um, something that people often feel isolated by, you know? So when we, when we reach that first fire, which is like that initial spiritual awakening and all of a sudden our eyes are opened and we um, are now just every, every breath, everything that we reach out for in our world is um, going to be that spiritual fulfillment. We very quickly no longer relate to those who are not on that path. And they very quickly do not relate to us. We're going into areas that are uncomfortable for them, things they don't believe in, things that they don't um, uh, approve of, or, and for many different reasons. Some of it's just because if they don't believe in God, then they think any kind of religious practice or spiritual practice is stupid. If it's the uh, difficulties like with your family members who have different denominations, it's all going to be based on what their own particular denomination is that they accept. So if it's just something that is outside of their sphere of either understanding or acceptance, because it's also the acceptance, if it's not accepted in their own personal faith, they can get very fearful, but also just judgmental, sometimes fearful, sometimes judgmental, sometimes a little bit of both. There is so much fear from venturing beyond what is written in the word. And if you do, you are being led by dark forces. They feel that. I understand at a different level. They do feel that. And that is well said. That is how they feel. But again, I just like to point out. Um, and, you know, in my books, um, you can download the Mysteries of the Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism. Um, that's where I usually tell people to give it a start, but we have a lot of other books too. Um, and I talk about in a lot of my books, um, the, the fact that, uh, this is not foreign to the word. It's just their own particular interpretation of the word. So this is, uh, one of the difficulties, you know, Personally, I am Catholic. One of the reasons I'm Catholic is because the Bible is a Catholic book. Um, there were no other Christian denominations. Yes, John, I would agree that discernment is key. Um, discernment is key in just about everything, you know, in the spiritual life. Oh, thank you so much, Stark Ether. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, uh, thank you for loving the mysteries of the redemption. <laughs> um, but we do talk about how in, uh, the, the out-of-body travel is not foreign to the word and just, you know, throwing out a few, a few things here, you know, we have, we have the mention, uh, in that St. Paul makes of the friend who, whether in the body or out of the body, he didn't know. We have Ezekiel who is obviously having an out-of-body experience I did write another book called Near Death and Out-of-Body Experiences, Auspicious Births and Deaths of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages in World Religions. And what you'll find in that book is a real uh, much deeper synthesis of understanding of how out-of-body travel and out-of-body experiences are actually 
the cornerstone of all religion because most religion came about from a revelation. And most of the revelations that brought about these belief systems were out-of-body experiences. And so there is a certain denial about that in um, uh, yes, so John, let's see. Perhaps you can share your experiences about your first experiences into the new age, but that it had limitations when explored separate from God. So Stark Ether agreed 100%. Thank you. Um, and Vanya, I always felt on my own, even those I know in shamanic or spiritual communities warn against it. Do they, oh, that's interesting. Do they warn against out-of-body travel? Um, and if they do, it's in part because in the shamanic traditions, one of the things that the quote unquote witch doctors would do, and this is not just, um, this is all the shamanic traditions when you go back to the very beginning, Stone Age religion, which was literally the, the birth point of religion was Stone Age religion. Um, that there was this, um, this idea of the witch doctor that goes across continents and different um, societies. And the way that the shamanic practice is done is very different from what we practice in out-of-body travel. Because what they're often doing is they're inviting a spirit to come in and then embody them. And they would go into trance and they would go into these dances and so it was a much more uh, questionable practice if not done properly. Um, and so there are shamanic traditions that have discernment in place and they're not doing things that way. But many of the tribal traditions that go back to the beginning, you know, Stone Age religion, they would actually invite. And that's why they became witch doctors because they did actually just start dancing around and saying things because they were allowing a spirit to possess them, which is something that we do not in any way encourage. That is a, a very dangerous thing to do. Um, well, okay. And so, so your Christian friends do not believe in going out of body and, um, and yeah, a lot of the uh, Protestant, primarily the Bible and evangelical and fundamental denominations are very against that. Um, but again, we go back to the, let's go back to the biblical text, the word, where um, it is all throughout that text. We have Ezekiel, we have Enoch, we have Jesus himself. Um, we have uh, Solomon, uh, we have go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve, if you, um, and of course, then you kind of have to sneak into the forgotten books of Eden, which explains more what happened in the Garden of Eden. So for your Christian friends, they're not going to be okay with that either. Um, yes, it is like hitting a brick wall. Um, Judy, I, I am a convert to Catholicism. I was raised Mormon. And then my journeys and my spiritual experiences led me to become Catholic in the year 2000. Um, Zed, um, we need to help Egyptians cap the Great Pyramids and indigenous peoples restore their sacred sites and technologies. 
And we can certainly try to do that. But what we want to do here is focus on what we can do spiritually. And so we can unite vibrationally and we can actually experience teaching from the ancient Egyptians and the ancient um, indigenous people, because there is a lot in the spirit realm that goes on. And yes, Stark Ether, it is natural to astral travel. The irony being that many, um, that most people do this at night, but most people are also not aware that they're doing it. Um, Judy, you can absolutely email me at marilynhughes at outofbodytravel.org um, for spiritual counseling. And also on the website um, at outofbodytravel.org, if you go to the submenu of the first tab on the page, Out of Body Home, you'll see a window for spiritual counseling. And you can go ahead and pay for whatever uh, level you want to uh, try to do. And then um, you let me know what times and days you're available. We set it up and um, try to get a sense of what it is you want to talk about, what you want to do. So I know if we're going to try to do any type of hypnosis or anything like that. Um, and so you can do that Either way, so, you know, you can pop me an email, you can go to the site, set it up that way, and then we'll, we'll um, work out the details. So, yeah, I'd love to do that with you, Judy. So get in touch with me. That'd be fantastic. Um, to say do not astral travel is like saying don't sleep. Very true. Very well said. Excellent chuckler there. Um, Anna, I have a question. How do you know if you are subconsciously in training at night? I know you share in books that there were those around you who are subconscious, unconscious, but training. Um, most of us are in some kind of training. Um, but the level of the training, it would, you know, if you want to like become aware of, are you making progress in your training because most humans are under some kind of training but if people are resistant to the training or not you know then they won't make progress so they will be still doing it but they might be doing the same thing over and over um if you want to like focus on can i see if i'm making progress you can look at the fruits in your day-to-day -day life um sometimes people will have uh, glimpses that are given to them uh, where they are made aware that they are doing something mystically in their sleep. And that is often an indication that lets us know, okay, um, the eternal is trying to make me aware that I am undergoing training so that I, you know, don't lose heart, you know, because it's unconscious right now. Um, you will have memories of training and also literal dreams of being in school and teaching others. And that is true, but there will also be times where you are kind of going subconscious, so to speak. And that is equally valid because it's like the, the path of surrender requires us to move forward. And then we also get pulled back and that's the surrender part. And so we will go through periods. We have great activity and then it's like dryness and then activity will again start up at some point and then dryness. And so 
what we want to keep looking at is our prayer life, our meditations that um, will help us to propel forward if we're not uh, having conscious memory of these kinds of things. And so I think that's all very important. And, um, you know, maybe what we can do here kind of to uh, wrap this up is just, did anyone have any thoughts? For those of you who were with us, when I read this um, um, message I received from our overseas member talking about kind of the despair and the trying to, you know, get through, but then feeling like this deep emptiness. And I mentioned that I have a lot of members sending me emails like this right now. Um, any thoughts that anyone wants to share on that, I'd love to hear. And I'd also like to just say, you know, that this is not abnormal right now. You know, <laughs> yes, God bless them. Thank you, Vanya, very much so. Um, it's not abnormal right now because there is so much that is uh, being, uh, you know, stirred up in the consciousness of humanity because of some very significant events that are happening. You're very welcome, Judy. And these significant events are um, making it more and more difficult for people to um, actually reach from here over the mass retain, the din of humanity, and get into that, that abiding flow of peace. Um, you know, and if you're struggling with that yourself, um, go back and listen to the live stream that I did. Uh, I, I think it was about a week ago where we did a, a hypnosis and meditation on bypassing and moving into these higher spheres, uh, learning how to kind of deal with this, uh, this anguish that people are touching into. Are they praying for an intervention? I believe that they are. Um, and they're looking for guidance as to how they can overcome this. And I think a lot of what we want to suggest would be uh, consider taking a look at that previous live stream, which specifically takes you into a hypnosis and practice to try to help. You're very welcome, Anna. Um, but also understand that this is not abnormal right now. And it might be this way for a little while. It's a little more difficult right now for people to break through into the spiritual spheres because there is so much din um, but there are ways that we can do this and we combat it with practices that help us to bypass what we're experiencing on these levels. And so I just want people out there who are feeling that way to know it's not uncommon. Ironically, it is not. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you for that super chat. So appreciated. You know, anyone can do a super chat and make a donation to have your, um, your thoughts um, highlighted and shared. And John says, Marilyn, you are a gift to us from God. Thank you for all you share with us, getting hit with the Holy Spirit. Honored, honored by that. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate that. Appreciate you um, making all the efforts you do in, in these live streams and um, for being a member 
Um, for those of you who are here who have not already joined, you can click the join button on the homepage of YouTube and you can join for as little as $1.99 a month. And then um, you'll have access to all the members only videos and live streams that we do. Um, and it, it's really a helpful thing for the foundation because we can um, offer to uh, the rest of the world all the things that we try to keep free and available um, so that people can reduce their spiritual hunger. And, um, but also it offers us the opportunity to get to know one another as well as there are other perks that you can look at. So when you click on join, you'll see that we have a hierarchy of angels. You can click on each one and, and see what the different um, benefits are of each level and what you feel that you can afford to do. And, and then join us on our YouTube channel and membership. And it helps us out a great deal. And it's great that we can all get together and get to know each other and share in this way, which is fantastic, I think. And um, so I think that's really, really um, important. Thank you so much, Stark Ether and Anna. Very honored by all that. And um, so before I go, though, I would definitely like to ask if anyone else has any other questions or thoughts or something you might want to share um, before we wrap up. Because um, I'd like to make sure you all feel that you have had a chance to uh, communicate here. Um, it's always great to get feedback and hear from people who are reading my books, who are doing the practices, who are, you know, trying to follow the spiritual life. Because it's so helpful to me to know um, what things are going well and what things are difficult, what things are um struggles um, and the kinds of things um, that other that more than one of you oftentimes is struggling with. We did a live stream that you can also check out about a common question on the out-of-body travel meditation practices. And so you can check that one out um, later as well. Vanya, I did that meditation and felt it was really helpful. Thank you. I experienced the rise and moving through density and inversion. Great feedback. Thank you. That is what I hoped it would do. So I'm so grateful that that was, um, was successful in that way. And um, John, yes, thank you for all your, I mean, very kind thoughts. Thank you, John. I'm very honored by those. And Judy, I feel the darkness and heaviness. The devil is trying to mess with everybody. We have to rebuke set Satan. Get behind me, Satan. That is so true. And thank you for sharing that too, Judy, because that is what I'm hearing from a lot of our members. We all do, you know, and the more spiritually sensitive you become, you know, literally, the more you open up spiritually, the more you follow the spiritual path, the path of purification, the more you're going to feel it. It's kind of inevitable you, uh, because we just become more sensitive. Energy becomes something we just naturally translate into us. And so you can't avoid the, uh, the mass retain that is always a part of our planet, but we go through different periods where that becomes heavier and harder to deal with than others in human history. 
Um, oh, yes, Humble Lion, welcome. Uh, I really believe that the Most High is going to visit his creation soon. And, you know, <coughs> beautiful thought. And also, I would say, um, I would say that we never want to forget. I believe what you're probably talking about there, um, Humble Lion is, you know, the second coming, things like this that many of us are hearing and talking about and having visions and dreams about. Um, but always remember that the Most High is always with us because he is actually part and parcel of his creation. And so, uh, yes, there may come a time here where it may be made more manifest to us, but that presence is within every part and particle of life itself. And so there's no way that we do not, um, as we open up, feel that visitation because we are then literally becoming awakened and aware to the fact that he's with us. And so... Um, Hold on one second there. Okay. Okay. So, uh, humble lion, everyone should raise their vibration, their love vibrations. Absolutely. And, you know, this is part of where our prayer practice needs to uh, be strengthened. Um, I know that for myself, I just restarted doing the divine office um, because in order to raise our love vibrations, we have to feed ourselves. And I know that for myself, I had gone to other prayer practices and I just needed to have some more of that fed into me so that I can actually raise those. Um, and, uh, just dealing with a little bit of a spam situation here. So bear with me if you could. Okay. And so that's fantastic. Yes, Anna. Um, we, we definitely do want to um, raise our love vibration and realize the way that we engage in our daily prayer and the, the practices that we uh, take on are the things that are going to help us to generate that love, um, even when it's more difficult or harder to do so. And um, so we are going to take care of that. Um, and um, so there we go. So I want to thank all of you for joining me. Uh, this is great. I love it when we can just kind of talk back and forth like that. It's fantastic. And yes, humble lion darkness is trying to dominate. And in fact, they do have dominance, unfortunately. But um, we do need more illumination. And we can help one another by um, supporting each other in our quests our, and, and knowing that we have each other and that we aren't alone, even though many of us may feel that way sometimes because you know, it's interesting how the internet can serve 
both good and evil. And one of the goods that it can serve is to, <coughs> excuse me, it allows us to be aware that even if we are somewhat alone in our own little corner of the world, we're not really alone because there are many of us out there. There are many of us, um, we're just not necessarily physically close to one another. Thank you so much, Anna. This has been awesome for me too. And I also want to send love to everyone. And I apologize. It looks like I'm probably going to need to do some uh, uh, deal with this cough that's coming on. Probably a little asthma medication might help. But um, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Thank you, Judy. We love all your precious memes. They're so uplifting and sweet and um, positive. Thank you all very much for joining. And anyone um, who has not become a member, please feel free. Check the join button and consider doing that. It helps um, all of us and it helps everyone we try to serve. Thank you.